Welcome to Podcast Sans Frontieres, a Metal Gear Solid audio experience. Here, we infiltrate the narrative, interrogate the characters, extract the themes, via Fulton, of course, and finally face down the technological behemoth that is the Metal Gear franchise. I'm Manu, also known as Manuclear Bomb. I'm Brian. Hi. Today's episode is Trapped in the Memory of Shadow Moses, a special episode where we plan to discuss potential future of Metal Gear Solid content and if we want any part of it. But first, our spoiler warning for this and every episode. Everything is declassified. We know who Sigint becomes. We know who Meryl marries. We know the fate of Master Kazuhiro Miller. This is not a playthrough podcast. It's all on the table for discussion as we progress through the games. And I kind of wanted to start this special episode out with a very nice email we got, because it was just touching and I needed to hear it, so I'm going to read it to you guys. Hi, Manu, Brian. I wanted to reach out to express my thanks for the podcast you two have been running since the start of this year. I came across it only a month ago when I typed Metal Gear Solid into Spotify's search tab looking for anything out there on the series, and the name of yours immediately caught my eye. Fast forward to today, I just finished the last episode on MGS1, and my older brother, who I recommended the podcast to a couple episodes in, is already on episode 11. He and I live on opposite sides of the country and frankly don't communicate all that often, but your podcast alone has generated more conversation between us than anything else in recent memory. We both grew up playing the series religiously. He was able to buy the first solid from a friend who got incredibly frustrated by the first stage of the game and just wanted to offload it. So we've always at least had that in common, and the pod is refreshing our memories on certain parts of the series and generating new discussions about themes and other particulars of the game. I can't wait to get to the analysis of MGS3, also my favorite of the series, but at the same time, I'm enjoying spacing out the episodes a bit to reflect after each. Keep up the great work. You two work well off one another, and the format of the show has been stellar throughout. Take care. Daniel Zakaria. And I just wanted to read that because that was nice. Yeah, it's always nice to get a good... Nice to get good emails. Yes. If people like my names. <laughs> Podcast Sans Frontieras officially helping families get closer together. Because um, much like the Fast series, this podcast is all about family. <laughs> so uh, it was just really nice to hear. And um, we love kind words. Um, we love, you know, your experiences with Metal Gear Solid and all that stuff. So we always want to hear from you. And um, going forward, uh, we're always happy to read more of these emails if you guys want to send them in. So podcastsonsfrontieras at gmail.com. So the topic today is what, if any, Metal Gear Solid video game content we would like to see in the future. It's a near certainty that MGS will continue to live on as pachinko machines, and pretty likely we get at least one film adaptation. Maybe. But what we want to look at is just the games for now. And the first relevant question, I guess, is do we even want more games? I'll start, and I want to avoid too many specifics or giving up my MGSV analysis here, but the Metal Gear Solid series, as it exists today to me, is pretty much perfect. 
Well, you know, not perfect, but everything still holds up well enough, if not exceptionally so. There's no real clunker here, and several of the games are in that best or most important game of all time discussion, which is truly a tremendous feat. That's not to say anything of Metal Gear Solid 2, which might be the most singular work of art in our lifetime, regardless of medium. Okay, I'm obviously the guy who overly loves all of this, but I'd also love for it to not continue only to see it suffer a dip in quality. It exists as a complete saga to me anyway, and tells a compelling story not just of snakes and metal gears, but of the evolution of video games from the MSX in the 80s to the PS4s and the Xbox One X Series One Xbox One of today. I've seen enough good stuff sour at the end. There's obviously the Kojima question, which we'll get to in a minute here, but I want to add one more thing and hand it over to Brian to speak. Forgetting all I said above, I would kill to see the Fox engine and general mechanics live on. As much as I love to bore this audience with deep thematic analysis and Marvel references, I do truly love the stealth gameplay of MGS, and it's not something any other stealth game has recreated for me. Uh, Note, I haven't played Hitman yet. All MGS games, and especially V, are just so well designed, and even when MGS can be janky, its design appeals to my logic and intuition. And, well, if you want that Marvel reference, I'd love to see a Cap or Winter Soldier game based on the mechanics of V. Half all-out warfare, half stealth would make sense for that pair. But anyway, Brian, do you want more Metal Gear? Yeah, I don't know if I do or not. Like, I want to see more with, I want to see the Fox engine utilized properly, but at this point, it's already like four or five years old. I don't know how new and shiny it really is. Um, if anything new, if any new Metal Gear is anything like Metal Gear Survive, then I don't need it. I don't want it. But I don't know. I'm wondering who, like, who they would really get, what kind of bridges still remain with anyone who worked on those games. Because, mm-hmm. like, I feel like Kojima doesn't really want to do an action game anymore anyway. Like, that's what, that's the point of Death Stranding. It's not that. Mm-hmm. So I'm really, I really am kind of conflicted. I would have to see what it is before I really reserve, I would reserve judgment before until I see what kind of thing it is. Right. Um, and that makes sense. Uh, I mean, I'm a little bit in that closer to that fanboy camp where I kind of, you know, always want it. But then, you know, this is the one thing where I'm like, it's great. <laughs> it's great how it is. Um, and, you know, it, there's no lack for other great games, whether it's from Kojima or anyone else. But I guess that just, you know, leads us into the Kojima in the room. Uh, does Kojima's involvement matter? Now, let me say this first. Hideo Kojima is not going to do another Metal Gear Solid game. Like all things, there's a non-zero chance, but it's so unlikely it's not worth hoping for. I don't want to start any rumors or add any fuel to existing fires, what with our 200 listeners or so. Uh, Just want to squash that in the butt. This is purely a hypothetical. But in the multiversal reality where Kojima does another MGS, my previous answer instantly changes to yes. George Lucas is allowed to ruin Star Wars, and Kojima is allowed to ruin Metal Gear Solid, and I'd be there for both. I might have been there for George Lucas already. But also, considering Death Stranding, Kojima still definitely has creative juice in him outside this one franchise. And though this is definitely the closest I get to being a fanboy, There are lots of talented creators in the games industry, and many could come up with a quality MGS story and game, especially if given the Fox engine. But so much about MGS is about the voice and tone behind it, and honestly, just the ways that Kojima is weird and also a simp for a lot of the same stuff I am, 
makes me think that the MGS mojo is really hard to replicate. I I think I would like to amend my other answer also that if Platinum makes a second rising game, I think I would play that. Although that also has its own problems now with Quentin, Quentin Flynn being cut out of this as a creeper and like he's pretty synonymous with riding in the West. But I don't know. I don't know how that would work. I would certainly play that. Mm-hmm. That's like the one I would I would drop things to get. Anything else I think I would wait on like I had no interest in Metal Gear Survive, like I said, and I was proved very right not to have interest in that. I, I guess I guess this doesn't count for like a remake, I suppose, is a different no. question entirely. Right. This would be like new uh Metal Gear. Yeah. In some I, way. I, I I think I would wait. If it's MGR two, I will get it. If it's anything else, I would I would uh reserve judgment until actually it comes out. Yeah. And you mentioned Metal Gear Survive. There's like eight non-canonical or semi-canonical or who cares if it's canonical games there's metal gear acid uh there's you know portable ops so it's not like there hasn't been metal gear without kojima um but most of it you know you you see how much i love metal gear solid and i haven't touched anything that isn't one of the games that we've talked about um i haven't touched the acid games and i you know i would like to just for you know the sake that I do a Metal Gear podcast, but nothing about them has enticed me enough where I have to go out of my way to do it. Um, just on the my- difference is is that those games were all at least some attempt to either replicate or even like mm-hmm. expand on the the vibe, especially the MGS two style vibe. Where Survive is just like openly a cash grab, yeah, openly like them just thumbing their nose at Kojima, and, it, and it, like from everything I've heard about the game, it's just like a generic survival game. That happens to have like Metal Gear weapons in it. That's basically it. Like it's it's completely bereft of any possible way. Because like I I could see I know people who tell me Acid is one of their favorites. Like Portable, I don't know that people who like Portable Ops, but Portable Ops is still like trying to fit into the canon. Whereas Survive is just like a complete thumb to the nose of the entire concept. There's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing there. Yeah. I mean, literally, you could just call the game Survive and nothing changes. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. It might as well be like a. Uh, it's it's almost like I wanted to call it like a fan game, but a fan game would try to tie in. It's almost like a like a Gary's mod situation where it's just straight up somebody took the assets of Metal Gear Solid Five and turned them into like a free to play or it's like ninety nine cent Steam game. Like that that's what it is. Disgusting. So for the rest of the episode, we're just going to ignore all that previous thoughtfulness and philosophical consideration and just dish on what any new Metal Gear Solid content may look like. We'll take a look at various ideas for sequels, prequels, side stories, followed up with considering remakes or remasters of existing games. So starting with sequels, prequels, and anything else that would fit into our existing canon, I think the first and perhaps most obvious choice is what the actual big boss was doing during the events of MGSV. You can build a story anywhere during the years from 1984 to 1999 with that concept in-universe. The best hints we get are that big boss's quote-unquote nation-building, which is a reference to Outer Heaven or Zanzibar Land or both. Obviously, a lot of fun characters are around Venom Snake at this time, such as Ocelot and Kaz and Huey. Okay, Huey's not that fun. But this big boss game would be a great spot for Campbell to show up, 
who had a friendship with Naked Snake in the semi-canonical Portable Ops, or Gray Fox, or Foxhound member Sniper Wolf and Vulcan Raven, who knew Big Boss themselves. I could also imagine someone doing something really funky with this game being a mimetic copy or phantom of the Phantom Pain. What are your thoughts on that, Brian? I did. I, th- I thought about that before. I think it would end up, it ultimately be too similar to specifically to uh, Peace Walker. That's a good point. Or it's just like I've seen that already, and I liked it more there. I imagine, but I'm sure I I would I would certainly play that. But I don't know. That also seems like the kind of game that fills in gaps that we don't really we don't really need to see him meet mm-hmm. Sniper Wolf and Volker Raven because we we've already we, we can imagine what that was like already. But yeah, I, I just think I think that's a little that's the most fan game. Mm-hmm. Like that would be an explicitly a fan service game, and that's fine. I just don't. I'm not as interested in that as as maybe some of the other concepts. Yeah. Um, even though we didn't really know Big Boss as well at the time, I don't think there's any backstory between, say, him and Wolf that's better than her calling him Saladin on her, like, dying breath. Like, that's that's solid st- world building, character building, just right in that line, and you don't really need it. And you're right. I think this is the most fan servicey, and that's kind of why I led with this one, because this is the one that's most bandied about as, like, the most mm-hmm. uh, common idea, like, to the point where people who were kind of, uh, you know, rejecting the idea that Kojima and Konami were on the outs, they assumed that this game was in the pipeline somewhere as well, um, following the Phantom Pain or around the time of the Phantom Pain. So, Which I think I can... I flatly did. I, I don't think he was ever... Again, no, no. every single every single game is the last game for him. So, mm-hmm. uh, no, I agree. I mean, I wouldn't put it past you know the like you could do something fun with the idea of oh, this is supposed to be a fan service thing, and then he can do an MGS four like thing or MGS two or MGSV. Uh, you know, he could do something with it, but I don't think it would be compelling, and I think it would be diminishing returns um, given the three, you know, other ways he's already kind of tackled fan service or fan expectations around his stuff. So going backwards from there, one idea that has always been alluring to me is the story of the boss. For posterity, I want to reiterate that what we got of the boss is perfect and more backstory may lessen the character's mystique. But a World War II era MGS game around the boss with an MGS take on Normandy and the allied front could be a lot of fun. Not only as a setting and a way to scale back the technology again, but as a way to allow the MGS creators a chance to actively critique one of the most overdone historical battles in video games with its own insights and satires. Any game involving the boss could also heavily feature the Cobra unit. Imagine having the end as a buddy like you did Quiet, constantly just saying, this is the end. The story could also directly involve the philosophers or their control, as most died off in the 30s, as we all know now, uh, which would feel properly of a piece with the rest of the saga. That one also is kind of a little fan service. That one actually explicitly reminds me of, uh, I don't know if this is going to make sense to you, but I'm sure it makes sense to somebody. There's a famous, uh, I guess not famous, in the backstory for Mass Effect 2, uh, one of your, your squad mates from the first game, Garrus, has apparently, after Shepard quote-unquote dies... Uh, Garrus basically makes his own squad and goes to Omega, which is like the criminal capital of the galaxy, and just has like a 12-man squad doing cool missions. And a lot of people wanted that game. Mm. And I've actually seen a lot of people... There's actually Easter eggs of like, I'll list the names of all his squad mates. And I've seen people like do long Reddit posts, but like, this character is this, and this is this. That's what that feels like to me, which is like a maybe more advanced fan service. 
mm-hmm. where it's like not directly fan service, but it, it is like filling in stuff that doesn't need to be filled in, but is a little, I guess, less obvious. Yeah. That's that seems like a spinoff game that would have I think it would have happened already, and I certainly would have played it, but that also is another one. I don't really know if you need it. But again, I, I would I would certainly play that one. Yeah. And I also think some of it is like the fan service thing with the Metal Gear Solid is you play as a big boss or a solid snake mm-hmm. or a snake like character. So just playing as someone else, um, you know, would probably just be in that second tier, but I think it's probably the second best option. Not that I want it. I think my biggest thing against it is that uh Metal Gear Solid 3 so much defines itself by being kind of the genesis of, you know, it's very explicitly, it wears genesis on its sleeve, but it makes such a nice starting point that you would almost have to have a story that kind of narrows its scope by the end so that it meets that inflection point that is Snake Eater. Like, you can't have it, like, blow up and expand the mythology uh, as much as it would kind of have to, like, in the end, kind of bring everything full circle back to where we were at the start of Snake Eater. So, and I think a lot of that is more effectively told through the story of Snake Eater, finding out what really happened to say the sorrow um, and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, so we can go on to my favorite boy from here, Solid Snake. <laughs> I really don't want to mess too much with my canon for Solid Snake, as I really love his arc over the course of the games, from MSX to Old Snake. And I would want to preserve his retirement after the events of Metal Gear and Metal Gear 2. I feel that suits his story best. We'll talk more about Metal Gear on the MSX when we get to remakes. So that really kind of puts me in the sandbox of Solid Snake's activities between 2005, the Shadow Moses incident, and 2014, the Guns of the Patriots. In between Shadow Moses and the Big Shell, Snake and Otacon formed an NGO philanthropy and did anti-Metal Gear operations the world over. Sounds neat. Uh, Could be a good story, but it feels like it'd be more disparate missions as opposed to anything that can be unified because it really feels like the events of Metal Gear Solid 2 were the first time that Snake would cross Ocelot again or have any kind of exposure to Solidus Snake. Uh, So they're really... I, I don't really see a big story unless they like, you know, focused on the NGO aspect of it and made it mm-hmm. some kind of reverse mother base building where instead you're like building this, you know, NGO for lack of a better term. I would play that also, but that, yeah, that also, uh, it had to be, boy, this is a weird, uh, another kind of more esoteric reference. Um, I think the only way you could do a game like that would be, in the the same sort of modular mission by mission structure as Star Wars Jedi Academy, which is really structured. It has like a basic, it has like a main plot, but it really is like the first act is like a, there's five little side missions you do, like four or five. And they're all like little modular, like one's just like a swoop chase. One is you get, uh, you help the Falcon defend itself because Chewie has to show up, of course. One is like a, there's a Tremors style one where like you can't touch the, you're crashed on a planet, you can't touch the sand or you get eaten. And like that's kind of how you have to do that kind of game. I feel like it would just have to be little capsule missions. And you know what I honestly feel like the best way to do that would have been is making it either a mobile game or making it like a 3DS game in like 2010. Mm-hmm. That's probably how you would have done that game. And that would have been, I would, I would have loved, they could have even done, it could have even been styled like the MSX games, I think. Yeah, no, that would have been great. Which that's, that game certainly should have existed. That's what I think they missed out on. Cause I remember hearing people asking about that. I mean, that was one of the first things I remember when I got into the series. That was one of the big gaps people had was like, what was Snake doing between 
MGS1 and MGS2, and I would certainly play that. That seems like... It's fan service in the sense that you're getting more Solid Snake stuff, but it's also just like a gap. Like we actually don't know. Mm-hmm. Whereas like with the with Big Boss, we can we can imagine we've already done that. With the boss and the Cobra unit, we can mostly in context they did stuff in World War Two. Like I can imagine mm-hmm. what that looks like. Where the Snake stuff is sort of just an open. Like I don't really know. I, that that's certainly the most interesting to me so far. Yeah, because they. Uh they organized an NGO, but it's basically just Otacon and Snake. But it seems like they might have the reputation of being closer to terrorists, or at least extremists, if not terrorists, um, because, you know, politics. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, because even just the fact that they started an NGO, like, when they dropped that in Metal Gear Solid 2, I'm like, oh, that is not what I expected. Um, and as we talked about, you know, profoundly during our MGS 1 and 2 coverage, Snake kind of actualizes you know at the back end of mgs1 so like theoretically the stuff between one and two is when he's at his most like motivated and driven and feels like he's you know fighting for something um as opposed to that's why i mentioned earlier i want to preserve his retirements following the two msx games because i feel it kind of makes sense that he kind of always falls out until his you know stuff at the end of shadow moses where he's like now i'm fucking all in on fighting this you know, fighting the time, so to speak. When he, when he becomes Batman. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> um, there's only so much, you know, Alfred and Gotham that I want to watch. At a certain point, I just want to watch Batman, especially after Batman year one. Oh, yeah. And then otherwise, in between MGS 2 and 4, we know Snake gets old in a bad way. Um, but we also know that they were kind of trying to hunt down Liquid Ocelot and also trying to figure out what the Patriots were in that time span. And then there's also the rescue of Sonny. So there's stuff there. But this actually gets me to the next idea, which is something you alluded to ride-in stories. Um, and I'll mostly defer to you on this one shortly, but we do know that Revengeance was originally supposed to be the story of Raiden rescuing Sonny from the Patriots, which is a story that can still technically be told. Uh, we also know that in that time he worked with Eva, uh, or Big Mama as I prefer to call her now, uh, to recover the body of Big Boss, which would, you know, actually end up being Solidus's body, and you could work in some pathos there because of the Raiden Solidus connection. So you have plenty to go on there, but I haven't played Revengeance. So Brian, uh, what do you think about, you know, filling in that original gap they planned, and then can a game exist after the events of Revengeance? Uh, a game can explicitly exist at the event. Like they deliberately set that up. The reason that game never happened was that they started getting almost immediately as soon. I think that's what the original pitch was. Even when Kojima Japan was working on it, mm-hmm. then like once they kind of they kind of rebooted it with Platinum. Platinum almost immediately went so over the top that I think within like two or three months, Kojima was like, "Well, this can't be. Like this just doesn't make any sense. Like he can't be throwing Metal Gears around." in between two and four. Like, how is he this week and four then? So they, they basically just scrapped that and they just set it after to let them go go wild. And I feel like another game, another riding game would have to be a Revengeance sequel. Else it just wouldn't, people wouldn't care. Yeah. Because Revengeance goes so over the top and Revengeance explicitly ends with him riding basically, I can, I can spoil the ending of that game. He's working for uh, a PMC at the start of that game. And it's it's a good, quote unquote, like, more moral PMC. They mostly take defense. They mostly defend. That's how he gets involved with all the other ones. Mm-hmm. He basically goes rogue during the events of that game to destroy these other this other evil PMC, and then basically just quits that life and just becomes like a like a wandering, like almost like a Ronin. He's basically just going to go kill it. He's going to go. F- he basically accepts the fact that he he 
is is he enjoys fighting and he decides to just go around the world defending people from PMCs and and fighting imperialism basically that's how the game ends so that game is certainly that sequel is certainly wide open like i think they expected it honestly okay no that's great and that actually gets me even more excited i mean i should have thought the obvious samurai ronin parallels were there um but i didn't really think about it that way but that that's that sounds really dope i can't i can't wait to play revengeance now the last shot of the game is riding uh Wearing, walking on wearing a suit, getting attacked by a bunch of mercenaries, and he like summons his sword from uh, his sword case from nothing. From, it's like invisible and pulls out a sword and starts fighting everybody. That's how the game ends. With him just being cool. I don't know. It's 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 kind of hard to explain. Like I would say that Raiden gets a crazy amount of character development. I would just say like the plot development of that game is just like yeah, sure, all right, we're doing this now. All right, yeah, we're on a military base. We're in Afghanistan. Sure. <laughs> well, we're fighting a sitting U.S. senator. Oh, that's, okay, sure. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think that makes a lot of sense. I think anything in between MGS two and four, like it might work if you wanted to do like this is real fan servicey, but a game in which you can play as both Solid Snake and Raiden. Um, but I, again, I don't think there's as much there. I think what you're describing as a path following Revengeance, or you know, after chronologically, um, yeah, that would definitely be the cooler of the Raiden stories. And of course, there's a bunch of other characters that can be spun off. Solidus, Liquid, Gray Fox, Ocelot, all characters you can easily design entire stories around. Solidus would be a great one to me because he fights differently from his brothers, um, especially if you work in his tentacles and swords into the main gameplay. And you could even have a kid ride in, a la, you know, Eli in MGSV. You know, those are fun things. I don't know if any is particularly you know, that appealing. And I think anything with, say, like Gray Fox would just be too close to Raiden Revengeance, where yeah. I'd rather just get that in Raiden uh, because, you know, I, I, I just like Raiden. Uh, Gray Fox might be the best character in Metal Gear, but I kind of want more Raiden as opposed to more Gray Fox. I feel like Gray Fox is too much Kojima's character, too. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. But uh, anything you want to dish on with any of the side characters? I, I don't think any of those would work. I, I mean, as much as I'd love, the, I love the idea of a Solidus game, I'm not sure it would work. And uh, this isn't really, you know, something I imagine would ever happen, but I'm just going to throw this out there. Um, this isn't in the vein of a canonical Metal Gear entry, but would the idea of the pillars of an MGS game, like a lead snake, an enemy mech, a Trixie ocelot, etc., in medieval Japan interest you? Or the Wild West? <laughs> now you're just copying Yakuza. Yeah. Because they did that. Or, you know, some steampunk take on Metal Gear in the end. Um, or futuristic sci-fi. Batman Ninja. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so none of these are, you know, anything I'd specifically want to see. Um, again, other than maybe seeing the Fox engine live on. Yeah. But at that point, you're just basically making a different game. I don't really see why it needs to be, you know, Metal Gear Centurion and it's set, you know, in 3000 AD or something like that. No. Metal Gear's also always been chiefly concerned with the proliferation of military technology and the threat of a computerized military, basically. That's the idea. Mm -hmm. I think between critiquing what you're mentioning in the revolution of military affairs and then the American century and then what comes after the American century, it would seem really weird to kind of lose all that focus because that's like the one unifying thing about all these games. And it would just, it would become a parable in those other things. Whereas what the main games do is actually very concrete in its critique. Yeah. I feel like the earliest you could possibly go with it is... World War One, 
Yeah, I, I would agree with that. That's, yeah, the era of modern warfare with tanks and trenches and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay, now that we got the quote-unquote original ideas, <laughs> and I can't put enough quotes around that word to matter, um, we can take a look at the idea of remakes. Uh, of the stuff that we already discussed, the only one that has any sort of major traction in the zeitgeist would be the actions of Big Boss during that Phantom Pain period. But what I feel like most fans are really looking forward to is a remake or retelling or even whole-cloth reimagining of Metal Gear 1987. The ending of Phantom Pain rolls right into the events we know from that original MSX title. That would seem a prime opportunity as any to just retell the story of Solid Snake's original infiltration of Outer Heaven. The director can have a lot of fun in that meta space of a remake, whether it be Kojima or someone else. You can iron out the canon or, more preferably, wonk it up even more to really confuse players. <laughs> the original Metal Gear, as planned by Kojima, never made it to the US except as a bonus in the MGS. 3 subsistence release. And what we got on the NES was a ported version and not a good one at that. So you can see all the reasons why it would seem fertile ground for a remake. And I think of all the remake ideas we will discuss, the one I'd personally want the most. I'll also add to uh, this idea of, you know, remaking the original Metal Gear 1987 into a modern game. You could theoretically combine that idea with the big boss, what he's doing during the Phantom Pain. Because Big Boss is your commanding officer during the events of Metal Gear 1987, the original infiltration of Outer Heaven. Yeah. It, someone who's really creative could come up with a fun way where you kind of maybe play as both Big Boss and Solid Snake kind of working against each other. Um, I don't know exactly know how that would look, but it's an idea. Um, I don't know how great it is, but you know, maybe it's a little more interesting than just a straight up other Big Boss game or another Solid Snake game. I would probably say that I think personally, unless they're just going to like fully report that game, I just don't think a full remake, I, I, I don't think it's as likely. Because I just think there's so much you have to do with that game to change it, to make it a modern game, that I, I don't think it would really work. Mm -hmm. I, I think MGS is probably much more likely. It's also more popular. Yeah. I, I, I would love to see it. Like, I, I really I really would like to actually play a real version of that game, other than the, the poor port we got. But um, we'll see. I'd be surprised if that, if that really happens. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to dwell too much longer on the MSX era, but obviously this would, you know, potentially make Metal Gear 2 a candidate for update, either as a sequel or as a bundle with its predecessor as one big-ass Solid Snake game. And I feel that's appropriate because Solid Snake has a big ass. It's true. We can move on to the Solid series, and specifically the first Metal Gear Solid, which you just mentioned, which has always been a hot remake discussion. While perhaps not our favorite solid title, it's the one that engenders the most goodwill broadly. It's also the least accessible of the series currently. Easily. With its technology so intricately tied to the original PlayStation. And with the only game without first-person aiming, it also remains a game whose controls have kind of aged the worst. Um, as, you know, it just kind of comes with the territory. Yeah. It's also the oldest game of the solid series, so that also makes sense. 
MGS4 gave us a brief glimpse of what Shadow Moses could look like today, and I'd be fine if they expanded out some maps. It's definitely alluring to play a Solid Snake fully realized during his own self-actualization, to take lessons and ideas learned from the end and quiet battles and bring them into, say, the Sniper Wolf showdown. Hell, I would just like to be able to evade those cameras in the comms tower. It's an alluring thought, but I still always come back to this. Will it have that right Metal Gear mojo? Everything I love about Metal Gear Solid is so intricately designed and finely tuned to itself. It's a constant commentary on its medium, on the player, and all that space in between. I wouldn't want a Metal Gear remake to just be a recreation of the plot beats and set pieces with nice graphics. I would want it to challenge me in the ways the series is wont to do. And that is possible. The jury is still out on the FF7 remake, but it at least shows you can engage in some of that space thoughtfully. And I think that'd be a requirement for any Metal Gear remake I'd like to see. I, again, I think that's the most likely to happen. And I think it's the one. So in that way, it's the one I'd be most excited for. But I have a lot of the same concerns. Um, how it really translate just doing... I don't know. There's been some encouraging stuff like the Shadow of the Colossus remake. I haven't played yet, but I've seen enough of that. It really is just straight up like a remake. Like they just, it has the same soul as that original game. Uh, I never played the original Shadow, but I did play the remake and I, I, I was blown away. I loved it. It seemed to be the same game. Um, Psychonauts 2 is an example of a game I'm playing right now that is, that has the same soul as the original game. And that, that's granted, that's made by the same people. Like I think mm-hmm. 90% of the original people worked on it, worked on that game because they all wanted to. A good example, uh, as, as low as I am to give them any credit, um, uh, I, I really think this is because it's not really their game. Uh, it's not out yet, but I played the beta for the Diablo 2 remaster, and it was exactly what I wanted it to be. They kept the same audio. They kept the same art style. It just looks better. That's the best way to do it. I'm just not sure if... Because Diablo, it, it, all ARPGs... I mean, Diablo works because it has creepy sound design and like good voice acting, and it just has a different atmosphere than the other games. But it's not a plot game; the plot doesn't really matter. Yeah. Uh, whereas Metal, you know, Metal Gear Solid people care a lot about that plot, so I feel like that's a, a much higher climb. Like it's just tougher to do. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think, like I said, I think that's the most likely of all this to happen. So I would want to see it. Like, cause like most remakes, like the, the Mass Effect trilogy thing is like, they worked hard on it. Like they did a good amount to spruce up Mass Effect 1, but those are the same games. Like they didn't do much to change them. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not really sure how that would work with MGS. Yeah. And I, I feel like if we got an MGS remake, it would probably be like by Bluepoint, uh, who did the HD remasters of 2, 3 and uh, Peace Walker. And I feel like, at its best, it would probably be closer to something like Metal Gear Solid 3 um, or maybe Metal Gear Solid 4 since there's already Shadow Moses assets. But um, I don't think it would fundamentally change anything unless they went with, you know, an FF7 remake style approach to this, which I just don't I don't see a non-Kojima person really doing with that uh, property or title. And I just want to throw this out there since uh, you mentioned Diablo 2 just uh, fucks to the Activision Blizzard ownership and management. Um, a lot of ter- terrible, terrible shit came out about them. So, Oh, yeah. That's why I don't feel as bad. Like I, I had already pre-ordered Diablo 2 by then, the, re- the Resurrected. But the one of the reasons I don't, I don't feel bad about still liking that game is that was actually made by a different company that oh, they purchased. Yeah. 
And that's one of the reasons people have always thought they never really cared about Diablo is because it wasn't their thing to make, so they got really territorial about it. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah, fuck that awful company. I hope they collapse personally. Yes, absolutely. I hope they, I hope, I hope they collapse the day after they release the Diablo 2 remaster and then they fuck off forever. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. And I don't know if any of the other numbered solid games are worth discussing. Things like updating mechanics and graphics is generally alluring, but MGS2 and 3 are masterpieces of game design and presentation. I don't really need to be able to crouch walk across the big shell. And four, whatever other issues I have with it aren't really with the gameplay. Um, One option, I guess, is portable ops. Optimized for the PSP, it's not a game that many have played, and its controls weren't all that great based on what I've heard. This might be an out-and-out reimagining, as they may want to massage out the story to make it more in line with the events of Peace Walker and MGSV that would come after it. Uh, any thoughts on redoing Portable Ops? Uh, I, again, I've never played it, so I can't say. I will I will say there's that video uh, someone took in the part of the jungles in MGSV where they just overlaid like stuff from the start of Snake Eater, mm-hmm. and that actually makes me want a Snake Eater remaster. <laughs> like, yeah. I, do, I would play it. Like I did not necessary at all, but there, you know, there have already been much less necessary masters. I would totally play it. Yeah. Uh, did you ever get a chance to play the 3DS Snake Eater? No, that's that's I've watched a lot of it, but yeah, that's another one that I would I, I need to check out. I think they added the crouch walk in that one. That's not necessary for the game. I wouldn't even care if they changed. I just would like like fully spruced up MBS3 would look great. Or it still looks good. Yeah. No. The I. The crouch walk wouldn't really even help that much because you spend most of MGS3 on the ground. It's just your camouflage yeah. is generally going to work, you know, up with the ground. So, So that's mission complete for this episode. Our frequency is podcastsansfrontieres at gmail.com and at podsansfront on Twitter and Instagram. I've been Manu, also known as Manuclear Bomb. I've been Brian. Quote.exe has crashed. <laughs> Couldn't think of something there. Uh, shout out to our sound editor, Stephen Boyd, aka DJ Empirical on Twitter. Please remember to like, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast application. And I'm just going to reiterate that one this time. Uh, if you could leave a review on iTunes and preferably leave us five stars, that's a great way to get our podcast a higher profile in the yeah. Apple app and elsewhere. And that will really help us as we start planning for the future of this podcast and other content we might be making. iTunes. <laughs> so for old time's sake, remember, the best is yet to come. Five stars.
podcasts on frontieras at gmail.com. All right. It's there for the second. 315. Yeah. Yeah. You hear Gendry? Yeah. You talking. <laughs>